0: here we go again what is the it, day it's already thursday it does not feel like i've been in canada for three weeks long time no see she's pregnant <laughs> not mine <laughs> not looking forward to the long haul this weekend how do you even prep for a long haul flight could i come back later this year social media output how long does it take esperanto is it worth it folks it is thursday July 27th, uh, 2023. I'm Stephen Hope you are well. And um, yeah, I spent the day actually, uh, I went out for coffee with a lady who had uh, some, a friend I'd, I've known for quite some time you know, within the Ukrainian community. Um, and she's one of the others who, she lived in Egypt for a while, uh, but she was also in Beijing pre-COVID, prior to the pandemic, basically. So, Um, That was the last time I'd seen her, and since then, she has gotten pregnant. She actually just got pregnant this year, and uh, she is expecting in September. Good month, so I'm told. Uh, So it was kind of nice to uh, catch up with her and uh, see how things are going, uh, both with her, uh, her husband, her partner, I guess, and then uh, within the Ukrainian community as well, because uh, I just don't see a lot of these people. I don't see uh, a lot of the... um, the, Well, I don't see a lot of people, to tell you the truth, in general, from the Ukrainian community except on Facebook it's the only place that sort of is uh, sort of accessible to everybody and sort of a communal what would you call it gathering place it's social it's the only social media that's out there isn't it and of course on Instagram and stuff like that but uh, yeah so we uh, spent a couple hours at Star- our Starbucks catching up and stuff like that uh, reviewing the last what four years five years since uh, she had been in Beijing and how things have sort of uh, shaped up since then Um, and, uh, of all things, I mean, I, she didn't tell me she was pregnant, uh, and it was kind of a a surprise because she's also one of these, uh, ladies who's been with her partner for a long time. And I guess, uh, you know, when you're with someone for quite a while, I think most Chinese people would say, well, you know, two, three years, that's enough. Then you should get married. And then like four years, you should have a kid, which I think most Westerners would be like, huh, (laughs) that's too fast. Uh, so she's been with her partner for a while uh, as well. And we you know, sort of talked about what, what it's like to date someone for a long time and yet never really, I guess, start a family uh, or even move in together uh, for, for one thing. So uh, it was good to catch up and see how people are doing uh, some of the things that are going on within the community. I mean, th- there are a lot more babies within the, the community itself. Um, and one thing that uh, has also changed for the Ukrainian community is the fact that there are a lot more Ukrainians from Ukraine, fresh off the airplane, um, that uh, are posting up and making uh, sort of setting up shop here in Winnipeg for the time being. But she also said that uh, a lot of them, well, she can't speak for everybody, but there were a few of them who are saying that Canada's not home. They don't really want to resettle here. They are looking to go back to Ukraine uh, whenever things sort of get settled down and stuff like that. Um, and I did, I did mention this whole, you know, arms shipment within the grain shipment idea, theory, conspiracy theory, uh, whatever. And she's like, yeah, you know, it, it could it, it could make sense. I, I mean, uh, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say that to a room full of Ukrainians, to, like Ukrainian Canadians, especially, I think they would, uh, I don't think I'd be invited back <laughs> to that party. Uh, but uh, certainly, you know, it's something you, you kind of look at and go, ah, you know, it's it's crazy enough almost to to sort of see. But the fact that the Ukrainians here in Canada uh, and in Winnipeg that I've heard so far, uh, or, or the Ukrainians that uh, I'm told are here, they're all saying it seems to be sort of um, common, I, I guess they think they're going to go back, that Canada's not home, it's a temporary resting place, it's a temporary stopover. Uh, I sure hope it's not like, you know, the English teacher who says he's going to go to China to teach for a year and then comes back 10 years later married and with children sort of thing. Like, I guess that could happen, but... A lot of them are looking forward to going back to Ukraine, um, if not resuming what life they had beforehand, starting something new, but back in Ukraine and not uh, in Canada. Anyway, so that was that. Uh, And then, of course, uh, I do have, I'm going to meet another couple uh, tonight, actually. uh, uh, I haven't seen them in quite a while. Um, What time is it? 7.30pm right now. So I am uh, actually recording this a little bit earlier and uh, we'll post it as well. Uh, but uh, I'll see them later tonight. And yeah, again, it's only three weeks in Winnipeg. I guess um, for it's gone by very quickly. Uh, as I've mentioned, I've been doing a lot of the social media sort of uh, tryout stuff and whether or not it's something that I would be interested in continuing doing and preparing myself for like, two or three years from now when maybe China isn't a viable option anymore, making sure that I have some sort of outlet uh, or other outlets available uh, ready for me. So that's kept me busy while I'm in Winnipeg. But uh, seeing people, I've seen a few people here and there. uh, I guess I could have seen more had I been a little bit more organized, but it was sort of tough to sort of organize things and, I don't know, when you guys go back to your hometown, how long do you stay for, right? Is it two weeks, three weeks? I heard various numbers, like uh, two weeks was enough, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Some of the Chinese people I was talking to, they're like, how long are you staying with your mom for or your parents? And uh, I was like, oh yeah, it's going to be like a month. And they're like, oh my goodness, I wouldn't last a week with my parents. And that's largely because uh, in China they do get the, uh, um, the grilling, I guess, you know, the whole when are you going to get married, um, when are you going to have a baby, when are you going to buy a house, when are you going to sell down, blah, 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 blah. Why, why aren't your grades better or something like that? So the the Chinese response to the how long do you stay in uh, your hometown or with your parents vastly different than the, uh, the Westerners. With that being said, I am not looking forward to this long haul flight. I'm not going to lie. I think that I have to take a flight at like 6 a.m. on Sunday or Monday or whatever it is. And it's like, I do not want to do that. I missed the 10 o'clock flight because that's now like $6,000. So I don't want to book that ticket at all. Uh, but that being said, I guess I do have to get back to uh, China. It's where my job is. <laughs> and it's what's paying for this currently right now. Um, I guess, you know, if I really want to eliminate the cost of flying back, so you, you just don't go back. Oh, I don't know how that one would go over with uh, anybody, to tell you the truth. The girl the company. Cur- company would probably replace me pretty quickly, but the girlfriend would be right pissed off and... Will, when she goes through my stuff, I don't know how much of that I would ever see again. Probably none of it, to tell you the truth. So, uh, but yeah, not looking forward to, uh, it's cause it's going to be Winnipeg to Vancouver, Vancouver to Hong Kong, and then Hong Kong to Beijing. And each time it's going to be, it's a three hour flight to Vancouver. It's a four hour layover. Um, and then it's a 13 hour flight Vancouver to Hong Kong and then it's a two hour layover and then it's Hong Kong to Beijing, which is a three hour flight. And I would get in sometime on Monday evening and already I'm booked to work on Tuesday. Tuesday. I'm going, this is... I don't even know if I'm going to be able to pull this off. That is true. It's more of a, an experiment to see, you know, young man Steve. How, how much can he actually do? Like, what's your breaking point, basically, is, is what it's coming down to. That, I mean, I, I think I can do it. As I've been, you know, I, I said yesterday uh, about the runs. Uh, if I keep up the physicality, I should be able to do something like this, like be able to land and still be able to function. I mean, other people do it, like politicians do it. Now, whether or not they're doing bags of Coke on the airplanes, I have no idea. Hey, they mysteriously found a bag of Coke in the White House, still haven't found out who's responsible for it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, not entirely sure. Um, well, I mean, I think we might be able to tell somehow these people keep on going. I'm not going that route. I see what it does, not a chance. I'm staying natural. Uh, by And not, like, not even supplements, to tell you the truth. like um, very few supplements to, uh, to take fish oil, I think, is the, the closest I would get to a brain defogger, if you will. Uh, good sleep is sort of your your big, is your friend. If you don't get good sleep, then it gets tough to function. It gets tough to, well, tough, tough, to, fun, tough, tough to do a lot and to think clearly and to stay organized, not just in terms of your thoughts, but in terms of your physicality throughout the day. like So if you wake up and you're groggy, you're not going to want to go for a run even worse than if you were, weren't, if, even worse than if you had slept and you woke up and you're like, I don't want to go for a run, but if you haven't slept well, then it's, it makes it even worse And if you add alcohol into that. It multiplies that feeling by even like like 10, Sort like, ugh, goodness. Now, there's something to be said about creating a routine where you can't fight it sort of thing. It's like you wake up at 6.30 or seven o'clock, you just go for a run. Put the shoes by your bed, sort of thing, and um, not think about it. But uh, how many people do that, right? Social media output. Uh, so how how long does it take now? Okay, I was trying to do this today because I want to go out for for coffee. Uh, so I had a meeting finally to, to sort of meet a, a deadline. Whereas other days I haven't had the same sort of uh, deadline to my uh, my day, uh, and I found that if I do that, if I have that deadline, I'm able to get things. A little quicker. So if you're interested in how I'm sort of attacking the social media plan, which yesterday I was talking about whether or not it's some sort of scam to uh, keep people sort of sucking the tit of social media dreams or something like that. But again, as I mentioned yesterday, if in two years you want to have a viable platform for you to um, bridge whatever employment gap you have, or if you want something legacy, like five, ten years from now, something like that, Posting to social media, not a bad idea. So um, one of the workflows that I'm following right now is that for YouTube, one of the first things I do in the day, uh, sometimes I'll open ChatGPT to give me some ideas, but um, I'll usually think of two or three things uh, language learners like students would need to to know or some of the things that I'd like to know about my own language learning. I'll make two or three YouTube shorts, post those to uh, uh, YouTube uh, and then that's that's done with after i do that or possibly before i would do a couple of tiktoks as well so i create a couple of memes or very short 15 second clips usually with a quote or something pop those up onto tiktok also spit those out into uh, instagram um the youtube clips not only stick it on youtube they also get uh, spit out to instagram reels and then also to facebook reels as well so that uh, that, that sort of captures all of those two, three platforms right away. Uh, after I've done that, um, I usually go on over to, well, I, with that I do with Twitter, so I send out a few tweets. I've set up a new account on Twitter uh, to do uh, language-specific uh, tweeting, if you will. So it's Stephen's language twit, I think. Lang twit, The the language twit. So, oh, I've, I've forgotten my name already. I've forgotten my handle. But it brings me up to like two or three uh, Twitter uh, accounts as it is. Uh, my other one, Sursky Steven, I don't use very much uh, anymore. Um, I mean, it's good to, to scroll through, but I don't know. It, it. That's where I would post like the podcast work, like the, the big podcast, the small podcast stuff. But for the language stuff specifically, I want to make it a focused effort on just language learning materials. And that's it. I didn't want the distraction of anything else. And if I see any other, any other stuff that uh, sort of is not in line with learning languages, I, I, I mute it or I say not interested sort of thing. So that, that's the purpose of that, that uh, Twitter account. Um, and so I, I fire off a couple of tweets as well at that point with that. Uh, by this point, I'm like, I have a good idea of like sort of what I can podcast about. And so I record a two to three minute slow English podcast um, that I haven't started publishing these yet. I've, I've yet to set up the account, but I record them anyway. And with that, I, what I've been trying to do is remembering to transcribe that. So I have the MP3 file or the audio file, but then I have to use the transcription and I create a uh, a newsletter off of that off uh, in Substack. And then from that, I take out uh, some important bits and I reframe it for the business crowd, the business English crowd, which would then go on to uh, LinkedIn. And that would that already, I mean, that's like what, six or seven? Uh, social media outlets. The one that I'm missing, Snapchat, haven't started doing that. Instagram threads, not on that. Um, but th- then also what I'll do if you're, if you're on italki, I, to, I, I try to post a question on italki per day and that sort of generates um, either in English or in Chinese, sometimes both. And I get more responses off the Chinese um, questions than I do off of the English questions. And it might be because the italki sort of has me learning Mandarin Chinese at the moment. So it might be feeding them more of it than uh, the English ones. The English ones get some engagement, but not as much as the the Chinese ones. To tell you the truth, you know, the Chinese ones are a lot of like corrections, like you're you doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, <laughs> you're doing it all wrong. But uh, good on you, uh, Jayo. Jiao. So, but I make sure to post uh, it talkie uh, each and every day, and then follow up uh, with uh, people who comment on those things as well. Same with on YouTube. So that's sort of the uh, the basic. Uh, rundown of my social media and I was saying that I want to get that down to within an hour because the idea would be <clears throat> is if I do my job, my day job, whatever it may be, it could be a, the current company, it could be the next company, it could be on my own, right? So eight hours working on my own, whatever. But then you spend an hour to an hour and a half creating marketing content, which is what social media is. I want to get it down so it's fast, it's easy. And it's accessible to people. Is it good? <laughs> I hope it's I And I, I would say that at this point, I mean, there's so much material available for English learners um, that it's kind of hard, unless I don't know if it's worth focusing and dedicating n- niching, niching, niching down, niching down uh, to just teaching English. I think it's too, I think it's oversaturated, to tell you the truth. So, in that regard, that's why I've gone more of, a, I guess you would say, uh, the polyglot, the multilingual route. Uh, I don't really, I don't call myself a polyglot at all because I don't think I can really hold a conversation in any other con- any other languages other than like English, possibly Chinese. Anything else is brutally brutal, and um, not something I'm I would be wanting cameras around sort of thing. So English and Mandarin Chinese, willing to be uh, recorded. And uh, laughed at for it because that, I've I've done enough time on those. Other languages uh, might be uh, might have uh, little issue sort of thing, but uh, might not be so public on uh, my uh, my uh, my uh, abilities. I guess you could say, which again is part of the the whole language vlog channel on YouTube is to keep me honest in my own language studies, to keep me a student, and to offer some tips and tricks or advice for other people who might be thinking about learning Mandarin or Ukrainian or English or whatever. So that's the idea. So I got that down all to about 45 minutes today. uh, And I think that's a good enough time uh, where I'm able to spit out uh, onto six or seven different platforms about, well, three pieces of content each, basically. Blog is only one piece of content. LinkedIn's one or two. The tweets are a couple as well. The question becomes like, do you just do this in the morning? Or do you do this like throughout the day? Of course, uh, the social media, whoever's uh, big wigs would say, well, it's gotta be all the time. You gotta be posting all the time or the algo is gonna drop you. And to me, I go, I have another life, <laughs> number one. Number two, again, if I did was doing this for a day job, um, does that mean I'm now living on my computer all the time? Which is the exact opposite of what I would want to happen by putting in all the, this work, the idea one of the ideas I do have uh, within the year is to have some sort of like guidebook basically for how to learn a language and whether it's English or Mandarin or some generic uh, sort of guide, the guidebook that you could use as a track record, as a uh, spreadsheet for your own language study sort of thing. That's the idea. Um, and I can see that happening within the next year or so. So that's a, uh, Kind of what I'm looking for to develop with this language vlog in addition to keeping me honest and um, making sure uh, that uh, I'm continuing on with my own language studies. I can say that I have spent more time on the language, like developing the social media posts rather than studying my own target language, which is Mandarin Chinese. So I I understand that there's some things I'm going to have to change going forward. I'm going to have to accommodate my, my own working schedule a little bit just so I'm able to um, do this, do this very quickly, uh, and then also do those other content spritz that I have throughout the year, and then continue on with my own language learning as it is necessary and as it is important for me to do so that I can talk about how to learn multiple languages. Because if I'm not learning multiple languages, then why do you have a YouTube page dedicated to learning multiple languages if you are doing it? Esperanto, worth it or not. Uh, So this is... Actually, one of the topics uh, that I was talking about today uh, on my language vlog, and I've um, the Esperanto is one of these construct, not one of these, is a artificially artificially constructed language made by this guy L. L. Zimmerhofen, Um, and he was born in Bulgaria, uh, I think. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but he was living. He spent most of his time in Warsaw, and that's where he he came down with this idea that. You know, we need to, like Europe, wars all the time and everything. He knew uh, several European languages, like 13 or languages or something. And the, His idea with Esperanto was basically, why can't we just take the best parts of all the languages, consolidate them, and make that into a language that everybody can learn very easily, and then, you know, deploy that into the schools so that we can all sort of understand each other a whole lot better than 13 different peoples all speaking, thirteen different languages. It does also um, <clears throat> base itself a lot on the Latin structure as well. So, like the inflected languages, um, some of the like the grammar charts and stuff like that. Um, it's, I, I, can't really say that it's. It, it's. It would be a good brain exercise. That's basically what Esperanto comes down to. I think English has sort of surpassed um, the the, the ne- necessity of a language like Esperanto. If anything, it's like, what's replacing English is like internet speak, basically your LOLs, your LMAFOs, and blah, blah, blah blahs. Um, Your your emojis, how to interpret emoji, how to to interpret uh, intonation through a text message. Like that's the next evolution of your language. It's not going into something like Esperanto where it's never been used for trade or commerce. It's never been used in any sort of recreation, I mean, it's more for recreational use than anything else. It's, it's among language enthusiasts. The one thing that's good about Esperanto is that you can see how a language was constructed and you can see, um, you can understand how languages are made and how they're made to be taught and easily accessible. And if you if you look at Esperanto as that sort of benefit, then you know it's a, it's a worthwhile study. But if you don't, if you're thinking that it's gonna be a communication tool in the future, I think you're gonna be disappointed i actually think it'd be more more worth it to spend your time learning english uh, or spanish or something like that if you're looking to learn like a, a, a broad based uh, language that can sort of spread into other languages you learn french or spanish um maybe italian but french or spanish for sure english like those are your your core sort of languages that do a lot of crossover uh with each other uh if you want to get into slavic languages ukrainian would be a good language because that one They've had a lot of dealings with Polish and with the Russians as well. Uh, so that's you know something to consider when you're looking for um, greatest spreading, greatest, um, I don't know, coverage of different languages that you could sort of do in one go with just one language rather than focusing on something like uh, Esperanto. All right, folks. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you very much for uh, listening and uh, tuning in today. Uh, show notes and tracks up on my website, com. I was going to talk about coming back later on in this year, and it is something that I was looking at. I was looking at tickets uh, over the National Day break uh, for China, and October 2nd to October 8th, it was going to cost like $4,000 round trip. And I'm like, mm, I'm not sure if that one's a good idea. Might have to save up a few pennies before I do that. Um, given, I mean, I, I should have the pennies by then, uh, but... Uh, it's sort of like one of those things, like, do you want to come back for six days? It's it, That one gets tough. It's going to be two weeks. So we'll have to see uh, possibly again uh, in uh, December for Christmas. And then whether or not I do make that other journey that I want to take in January, that's still up in the air. All right, folks, uh, thank you again very much for uh, listening. Show notes and tracks up my website, stevensterski.com. And, of course, you can stream this on Spotify, Apple, Google, and uh, other streaming platforms. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye-bye.